Hi everybody, Rob from the Hooked On podcast, How To Be Great here. Look, we enjoy doing what we do, for the love of it, it's wrestling, enjoy it, remember? But if you do feel like dropping us a few quid to help us out, be our guest. We don't expect it, but we will appreciate it. Thanks ever so much for your support. Don't forget, it's wrestling, enjoy it. Welcome everyone to the Hooked On podcast. This is normally the moment where I do some sort of tortured analogy about being that little bit further down the road to WrestleMania, but I'm not going to do that this week. Today we are on the aisle way to WrestleMania as opposed to the road. We will explain just why in just a second, but first of all, I need to bring in my regular co-host. He's my friend and my colleague, Paul Benson. Paul, how are you doing? Hello, Rob. I'm very well, thank you. Feeling very loved up. How about you? Indeed, absolutely. It is uh, love is in the air this week on the Hooked On podcast, and we shall explain why. In fact, Paul, set up why we've got our guests on today and just uh, why we're so excited to speak to them. Okay, well, as most of the people listening to this know, we try and stick with guests that we know and like and respect, and I've had lots of adventures with in the past. So we've been going through some guys um, in the last few weeks that have been brilliant and had some great stories to tell. Um, and one of the people, or should I say two of the people who I've been really keen to get on um, are our friends that are on this week. Now, they've got some very interesting stories um, about their what their experiences are going to be like for WrestleMania this year and, you know, how well how they got together influenced by wrestling. So um, I'm really pleased, and this is normally Rob Stick, but really pleased to welcome um, WrestleTalk's Catherine Miller and her fiancé Jay O'Leary to the Hooked On podcast. Hello, guys. Hey guys. Hi, how are you? Very long well, time, thank well, you. Well, I was going to say long time no speak, but we, we catch up now and again now, don't we? It's all, not, all busy not, lives. Not, not close enough. Now you guys have gone back to the uh, northwest and I'm in Yorkshire and Rob's right on the south coast. Um, London was no longer the hub it once was, eh? No. Definitely not. We're spread far and wide now, I think, but uh, internet brings us back together. It does. Wrestling brings everyone together, of course. Um, now, one of the well, the main reason that you're on um, is that you're going to WrestleMania. Basically, we want to talk to you about going to WrestleMania. Now, most people go to wherever it is that Mania takes place, and they might go to, let's say, the Hall of Fame or to Raw on the Monday. There's a WrestleCon, Ring of Honor. There's some British wrestling that's out there this year. Um, you two have got something different on on WrestleMania weekend, haven't you? Yeah, a little bit. We've, um, we, you know, this will be my seventh WrestleMania, so I feel like I've probably seen and, and experienced much of what WrestleMania has to offer. So we thought, well, we, we may as well just throw our own event in there. You know, it's, uh, it's Florida sunshine. Wedding mania. Wedding mania. <laughs> Good <laughs> God! Yeah, we've be- we've actually banned the word wedding mania from uh, from our. From our planning, but no, we are getting married in Florida just before WrestleMania. We thought we'd just, uh, yeah, throw our own special main event on uh, the Thursday before WrestleMania. I rather like the fact that you're banning words. It feels very Vince McMahon. 
So you can't say it. you can't say belt. In fact, you say you can't say ring. I think that should be your challenge, actually. When you actually do the uh, <laughs> the wedding, no one's allowed to say the word ring. You'll have to say, I don't know, championship band or something like that. <laughs> With this band, I the word, and um, the guests can't be called guests. They've got to be called something akin to universe or something like that. <laughs> the Cat like universe. Yeah. <laughs> The wedding universe. That works. Now, listen, whose idea was it? Because someone at some point has got to come up with this. And it's, it's a risk because you're going to say to the other person, you're right, love. Why don't we get married at WrestleMania? And the other one is either going to go, that's amazing. Or you're barking. <laughs> you're get crazy. out of my house. So who was it that brought it up first? Well, it's more. It was more. We, I, I got engaged. It was actually a year, pretty much a year ago this week that yeah. we got engaged. We went to Venice. Um got whisked away for my birthday for a trip to Venice. Jay had planned a highly organised proposal, um, but didn't anticipate having food poisoning um, for the main event. So that changed quickly. Um, So yeah, we got proposed to in Venice and then we were trying to come up with some, we didn't really want a UK wedding, um, largely because it was expensive and just Jay's been there and done that really. <laughs> he, he, he has been married before, but yeah, we both we both struggled to think of what we wanted to do. That was kind of us, us, yeah. And then um, I think you brought it up in in yeah. topic, didn't you? you? We kind of we were talking about WrestleMania anyway, because every year it comes up. Shall we go to WrestleMania this year? Can we do it? Is are we interested in doing it? And then we, I think I'd probably suggested about the eighth different place around the world to get married, and you said hi. How about, Why don't, how about Florida? It it could be a time when we've already got friends that are out there. We can all kind of get together and go out there. So yeah, it just clicked. It made sense. I think that's the okay. coolest thing about it that you just mentioned, the fact that you've got a lot of people over there. Because plenty of people get married in various locations around the world. And it's all very nice, except for the people that are kind of going, oh, man, I can't get to that. I've got to go all the way to you know the Dominican Republic to go to this wedding. But the fact is... I mean, not everyone's going to get to go to the actual wedding itself, but the fact that so many people that you know do go to WrestleMania, almost as an annual thing now, or if they were thinking about going in the next couple of years, are probably going to make sure they go this time. So how many people are you expecting to, to have to celebrate your day, whether it's the actual wedding or something else that day? How many are you expecting? So we, we've we got 24 people for the actual wedding itself. We were a bit capped with, uh, with numbers with the, uh, with the place that we... I actually get married at, uh, but in the evening we've sort of opened it out, so we're hoping for about thirty-five to forty people. Yeah, so fair, fair grasp of people really that we've we've put it out. We were having a bit more of a casual drinks and catch up and a bit of fun and things in the evening. Yeah. Serious stuff in the day, of course. Um, but yeah, a good number because we we'd figured we knew people. A lot of our friends were do kind of go out there regularly we've obviously forced several family and friends who aren't interested in wrestling to get uh, caught up in the wrestlemania spirit as well now but uh, i think it should hopefully work out to plan excellent what is wrestlemania going to be like for you is is that going to be a bit of an anti-climax have you even thought about wrestlemania is it just the fact that everything's been wedding 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 and i think jay's thought about that more (laughs) (laughs) There's been more discussion about what what's going to happen at WrestleMania, I think, than what's going to have to go down at the wedding. So I, th- I think we're looking at it in three parts. That way, we've yeah. got the wedding part, and then the WrestleMania weekend, and then we've got sort of like the honeymoon piece afterwards, where everyone's sort of gone home, and then we've got just over a week where it's just us, and we can sort of just enjoy a bit of a honeymoon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we're both definitely uh, super excited for WrestleMania. We've got our tickets. Um, 
it was hard getting the tickets actually i think that was that was more nerve-wracking every every time we go to wrestlemania it's a gamble on the tickets we this year we had so much trouble with Ticketmaster. we were sat there refreshing i think there was about six different people with various tabs open trying to get raw tickets not one of us was successful so i think that's the only one we've we've not managed to sort out so if anybody wants to get us a wedding present <laughs> yeah. really good raw tickets, yeah. we'll, we'll be four. yeah we do we, we need our best man and bridesmaid to uh to come along with us but no it's it that that's always a it's a fun part i mean planning a wrestlemania trip as you'll know um rob and paul it's it's you know you've, you've got so much to think about and all the different things and now it seems that there's very much the practice of there's other events taking place not connected to wwe so you've got you can dip into that um you know progress is out there it's there's there's going to be tons on that week i don't think we'll uh be short of things to do other than i know we've just added a wedding in between it, but. <laughs> the fact that um the, the wrestling is on uh, while you're out there and you've made it into the part of the week. It kind of feels apropos, really, because it's not just two wrestling fans that, you know, two people that happen to be wrestling fans that are together getting married. Quite frankly, if it wasn't for wrestling, you two guys wouldn't have met, would you? Absolutely not, no. Um, we, we both got sort of different versions of the, the story of how we first met. Uh, I tell the actual version and Kat tells the one that I've recounted because she doesn't remember. <laughs> I have no knowledge of meeting you at all. But no, it was it was WrestleMania 25, and it was the first time I met you as well, Rob. Um, Rob, do you remember meeting this guy at WrestleMania 25? Oh, I had a lot of people come up to me that weekend. And, That's uh, exactly what you I know. Said. You were with me, Cat, at WrestleMania, but a lot of people want to make a fuss of me and come say hello and buy me drinks, and <laughs> you know it happened. No, I, I I actually don't. If I'm quite honest, I don't. But I I knew that fact. Me and Jay have spoken about that subsequently. So, um, was it was it at the hotel after after Mania itself? Is that right? Oh. It was after uh, Hall of Fame. After the Hall of Fame, right? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was in that hotel bar. I remember that night. What was that radio DJ we sat with? Alex Zane. That yes, was the one. Yeah, yeah. I remember him, <laughs> but I don't. I, I sadly didn't remember, remember meeting uh, Jay at the time, which was. Uh, I do apologise, but just think, uh, Rob, if it was another way around, if it was a different world, you could be marrying Jay yourself. Whoa. You know, we both both met him for the first time that night. Had the stars aligned differently. <laughs> hey, hey, listen. You said you said yourself he's been married before. Hey, I might, I might be I might be number four. <laughs> you never know these things. We've seen Cena win title after title. Then you know maybe Jay's uh, maybe he's chasing I'll sixteen. I don't know. I'm not going for Flair's record. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, oh, you've brought him up now, so we're going to have to. Uh, this is a good part to um uh, to bring the nature boy into this. Now, if anyone's been listening to um, Hooked on Podcast over the piece, they would have heard me and Paul tell various, or Paul mainly, let's face it, tell various Ric Flair stories, uh, including um, the first time that Paul and I met, which was uh, at uh, a bit of a Ric Flair um, get-together get in London. Um, Kat, you were there that night. Do you want to tell, before we get on to like, the main event as it term, in, in terms of Flair, um, what are your memories from that night in particular? Because it was, there were was some fun things going on. I wonder if you've got one or two uh, little bits you can add in. Oh, gosh. It was, yeah, it was all a bit of a blur that night, really, because it was um, invited. I mean, TNA were very generous and, and held a, I think it was more of a kind of breaking the ice evening for media, and uh, I'd somehow managed to tag along, um, largely thanks to my ex, who <laughs> I was just, I was just plus one um but we yeah we we got invited to to a hotel we met the man himself um i can remember copious amounts of pinot noir uh being drunk and splashed all over the table um but no i, I can just remember rick flair being I, I i don't know what my expectations were of him really because i didn't think he would 
kind of be so accommodating and and just really happy to chat to people he was a real showman and um i remember we were all sat around the table and he would just get his phone out and he'd say who shall i call and he was picking people out around the table to just at random someone would say like roddy piper someone would say oh, actually we can't say roddy piper that was one that couldn't do that at the time i i selected hurricane um largely because i was a, a hurricane fan as a as a, as a wrestling um, one of my early wrestling crushes i suppose but <laughs> Jay's just banged his head against the table. Um, yeah, but literally he was just picking Pete. He had every, every wrestler under the sun in his phone and he would just say, yeah, who shall I call next? Who shall I call next? <laughs> and um, he seemed he seemed quite proud of the fact that obviously you're not going to not pick up the phone for Ric Flair. So everybody answered the phone and he would just kind of check in with them. We'd all sit there flabbergasted as, I mean, at the end of the day, we're just, huge wrestling fans as, as well as trying to be professionals and maintain a professional decorum but uh at the same time thinking how cool is this and what a great guy well i remember him giving you a gimmick because he, <laughs> he, he, he called you catwoman didn't he for two days oh absolutely yeah. i had um i did he did, he did uh, a voicemail message for me oh i'd forgotten that yeah yeah that was that was the, the rage of the time is that you he'd record my voicemail message um which in typical rick flair fashion went on for about two minutes um involved him wooing a lot calling me the Catwoman, um highlighting all my positive assets shall we say um and then i think ending with a little rhyme or something along those lines and yeah it was a two minute voicemail and it was i think i kept that voicemail for about 18 months until my boss said look you've really got to get rid of that voicemail because i'm not waiting another two minutes to hear that man shouting down the phone again <laughs> yeah i guess if you don't know who nature is then it's no. uh it's, it's a little an old bit man shouting and wooing down the phone <laughs> So uh, let's get to the uh, let's go home as far as this this story is concerned. So um, how does that those couple of days and things that occurred around there? How does that play into uh, into the wedding? Well, it was a funny thing really because it was Jay that actually had come to this realization because I totally didn't think about it. But basically, when we when we go out to America, we have to apply for um, a wedding license. Now, harking back to the Ric Flair evening, um, Rick being the gentleman he is, uh, was obviously very considerate and uh, conscious of me being a girl trying to get home back through London in the dark. Um, and I needed to call a cab, as he said. Um, so I tried to explain to him they're called taxis here and um, that's very kind. I'm sure I'll be fine getting back. I'll get on the underground or whatever. But he, he no, 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 you mustn't, you mustn't. And out of his wallet, um, he took a hundred dollar bill and said, no, you get yourself a cab, get yourself a cab. Um, and I was trying to explain to him, you know, London cabbies will not take a hundred dollar bills. Um, it's not really the way it works over here, but I think he must've been on about his about sixth bottle of red wine <laughs> by this point. So I don't think he cared. Um, but no, he, he was absolutely adamant. I kept this a hundred dollars and, um, and got home safe. Uh, me again being the wrestling fan I am saw this as like a proper memento so I kept the hundred dollars and pretty much every Wrestlemania I've taken it to America it's my kind of just in case bill so if I'm desperate for a hundred dollars to spend or I needed it then I could get this hundred dollars out and I could spend it reluctantly but knowing it was always Ric Flair's hundred dollar bill so I mean you know Rob I've always talked about it and it's always 
it's it's been on my person at different WrestleManias. Mm-hmm. Um, but this year, funnily enough, um, we're going out there, and I needed uh, we needed to organise our wedding um, licenses. And lo and behold, just out of habit, I was I was checking my purse where I keep a lot of foreign coins. Um, the cost of the wedding license is one hundred and two dollars. So I opened up the purse, um, checked there's the Ric Flair hundred dollars, and lo and behold, in the same part there was two dollars. So pretty that that's we've decided it's pretty much what uh, what is going to fund our wedding it's certificate. What Rick would have wanted. <laughs> <laughs> so it yeah, we really figured that's isn't. quite a. <laughs> But no, I'm pretty sure it's it's kind of a an a roundabout journey, yeah. really. So from again the so, thing that connects us, the wrestling connection, to Ric Flair donating to our wedding certificate, facilitating purchase of our marriage. Business, yeah, which is pretty cool. It I was th- just a coincidence. It was the exact change plus the hundred dollar bill. I think officially we should call it the Rick and Wrestling Connection. I think no, that's what it should be. In fact, we should actually we should make sure that we tell. I wonder if I think he'd be quite interested. I think we should uh, make it our um, uh, a mission, Paul. I think we should. Uh, I think we should try and tell Rick Flair about this story. I think there's a way to get this to him. Absolutely. Please do. He can have an invite to our wedding if he wants absolutely. to come along. I was I was going to say, have you got any celebrity <laughs> special guests coming along? Because obviously there's, a lot, there's plenty in town. No, no. Well, we don't, but there is a standing invitation for Ric Flair and a plus one, of course, yeah, if he wants to. We'll give him a seat. Even though we're restricted with numbers, we'll we'll boot one of our we'll people out. <laughs> you always find space for the nature boy. Exactly. But we are looking forward also to going on Space Mountain um, when we go out to uh, <laughs> the actual, the actual Space man. Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> so we're kind of drawing into it more than, in more than one way here. Yeah. Oldest ride, longest line. That's Absolutely. what you always say. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't quite know what to make of that, really. Um, in in the uh, in the spirit of the uh, the wrestling wedding, you have to be careful inviting surprise guests, of course. Because you aren't. Let me just clarify something. You're not getting married in the middle of the ring or anything, are you? Correct. Correct. We're not. Because no. you you know what happens on the on those cases. It's not always a, Get a cheesy eighties music. Yeah, well, that is if that's the worst thing that happens on on that evening, then I think that's uh, I think that's a big bonus. Um, Kat, you mentioned it's going to be your seventh WrestleMania. Um, Jay, well, how how does your tally rack up against that? Uh, it's it's not as impressive, but this is going to be my fifth WrestleMania. So. Oh, wow. that's pretty good. Wow. Yeah, still, I'm really really fortunate to have been to uh, been to the ones that I've been to. Uh, but yeah, this is this is number five and definitely the one I'm looking forward to the most. What's uh, what's been your best one so far? Uh, probably 30 in New Orleans. Yeah, we went to that one together. Yeah. So that was, again, um, that's kind of the, st- the start of our... It was our first one together, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was our first uh, one together. It's kind of set everything off. And it was yeah. it was just a wonderful, wonderful atmosphere in New Orleans. Everything about that place was, was just genuinely magical. It was yeah. uh, a party atmosphere all week. Broke uh, in the street. Yeah. That was yeah, crazy. Um, yeah. But I think next year is going to be rowdy. New Orleans. Yeah, that should be a good one next year as well. Yeah, it's kind of odd they're going back there so quickly. They must have had um, such a good time and made so much money and had such a good welcome from the uh, from the city itself. Of course, I think the city is part of WrestleMania in terms of well, going back to 25, which um, you know three out of the four of us speaking here were at. I didn't care for Houston. I didn't think it was much of a much of a place no. at all. I loved WrestleMania and I loved everything that went with it. But Houston didn't give me any vibes at all. Whereas I, I have even fonder memories. This will sound weird to people, but I have fonder memories of Bound for Glory 2008 because I loved Chicago. 
and yeah. it, that was actually a great show as well. I mean, it didn't wasn't WrestleMania, but I fell in love with the city of Chicago d- during that, and so I've got just as fond of memories of that. I think it's all about the it's the personal visit. Paul, you were saying about last year's WrestleMania. That, which was a pretty poor WrestleMania, which you picked a good one to go to, but mm. you still had a great time, didn't you? It, was, it wasn't just about the actual wrestling. Yeah, we had a, we had a fantastic time. Obviously, it was the the sort of dynamic was a little bit different. Me going, my wife, who is is adamantly not a wrestling fan, and was making sure that the whole weekend, apart from WrestleMania, was couples um, rather than wrestling related. So so we went for a really nice dinner on the Friday night, basically the nicest restaurant I could find in Dallas. Then we went out for some drinks with Jeff Jarrett and Karen Jarrett and Rob Van Dam and a few other guys. Hilarious. Sorry, I'm, sorry. I'm, 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 you're going to have to stop a minute while I pick all these names up off. What I was going to is my, my wife is, um, she's not a pie animal. She's not a drinker. Um, but we went out to meet Karen and Jeff, who she'd never met before. And I always used to work with in TNA. And um, Je- we all got on like a house on fire. And um, Jeff started pulling this shtick whereby whenever a fan had come up and asked for an autograph or a picture, he'd say, yes, as long as you get my cousin Sally from England a drink. (laughs) So after about three quarters of an hour, my wife was absolutely blotto, courtesy of some Jeff Jarrett fans. Um, But then, yeah, we... Just really enjoyed the city, some lovely restaurants, some lovely art galleries. You know, not the most exciting, dynamic city in the world. So it's certainly no New Orleans, it's no Chicago. Um, but as far as a place to go and have some fun outside of the stadium, it, you know, it's first class. And you're right, it's the, the weekend and the memories, both wrestling and non-wrestling related, are almost as important as those four, five hours in the stadium. Yeah, I, I agree with that because I've said it before. Um, I've been to a couple of WrestleManias now in New York, um, 20 and 29, and it, I absolutely adore New York, but neither of those have been particularly my favourite WrestleManias because I find that because New York is its, in itself its own kind of tourist hotspot, you don't get that little centralised kind of uh, feel yeah. of everyone coming Good together point. you're on the plane with people that are going out there for holidays and business whereas if you're going i i have found that the ones where you go in like seattle 19 that i went to about 60 percent of the plane were wrestling fans when i was flying out there you know that everyone in the city every other person you saw was wearing a wrestling t-shirt you got much more of a kind of condensed fan kind of zone mm. area and and i do feel that really you know, you can chat to people in the street, you're in restaurants with other people and you, you strike up conversations. Um, so it'll be different to see it in Orlando because Orlando, again, being a tourist destination, you're yeah. going to be mixed up with, and it's such a big, big city. Um, it'll be interesting to see that, but New Orleans, because everything is kind of focused along um, Bourbon Street, you know, every every other bar, you could look through the window and there was, there'd be wrestlers in there. There would be, I think, did Rob Van Dam do a frog yeah, splash onto dive. people? He staged that. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was just a really good party atmosphere. Um, whether or not you get that in, in Orlando, because I think everything is quite spaced out, um, will remain to be seen. But it'll be a good, it'll be a good weekend, that's for sure. One of the things I like most about um, the people that we get onto this podcast, because as Paul mentioned earlier on, it's kind of it's pretty much always friends of ours that we get onto the podcast. I like the old uh, the wrestling Venn diagrams, and since both of you have told a, a Rob Van Dam story, I don't have a very big one, but I can say the only time I ever met Rob Van Dam, which was in London at Wembley Arena after a TNA 
show, uh, and I've never been a big Rob Van Dam fan, and always thought he seemed a bit aloof, but he was a really, really nice fella who I chatted to for a little while. I then gave him a business card because I thought he'd be interested, and he could not have looked at it with more disdain, but he was still nice about it. Uh, and that, I recall, is the, uh, I'm not going to go into any more detail with this, but it's the only time I have ever seen Miss Catherine Miller drunk. What? <laughs> wow. Well, I don't remember that, so that I must have been. <laughs> Actually, that I'm pushing that. I'm pushing that a little bit. But I've never seen you drink very much, and you had a couple that night, and you were you were you were good fun. It was there. It's not a ni- it's not a nasty story. It's a nice story. Oh, thank you. I'm not. I am not a big drinker. Jay's looking at me horrified now. No, I've never seen you drunk. No, I, I'm not. I'm not one for getting drunk. But uh, there's always there's always time for the wedding. There is, and there is also halfway through WrestleMania, if it's god awful again, you can just uh, well, you start. You can't get drunk off that weak beer that they serve in. Ah, uh, you can find some cocktails or something. There'll be something knocking around. Just stash some in your uh, in your handbag on the way in. Uh, listen, um, we need to uh, move on because we need you to be. You're going to be uh, the ones that are front and center at your wedding, and everyone's going to be all of their eyes on you. So we need to give you a little bit of practice, but it's turning the perspective a little bit. We need you to be judges. Okay, you're kind of our witnesses in our little game. We have a uh, an ongoing thing here called um, the WrestleMania mixtape. Now it starts. In fact, Paul, do you want to tell them? Do you want to tell the world about the challenge that I set you a couple of weeks ago and uh, where you've got to so far? Yeah, absolutely, Rob. So a few weeks ago, Rob and I were chatting on I can't remember what whatever messaging service we were using, as we tend to do most days. And I offhandedly mentioned that I was re- watching WrestleMania 31, and wouldn't it be cool if I could go back and watch all the old WrestleManias, the first two of which I'd never seen, and you know just just really take them in historically, like looking back with hindsight, because I'm never one to really watch old WrestleManias. I'll watch old random shows here and there, but really not many WrestleManias. So Rob seized on that, like the bandit that he is, um, and sent me the public challenge that I should watch every single WrestleMania uh, in the seven weeks between the time he set it and WrestleMania 33. So I, Chris, uh, yeah, quite, quite a task. Um, WrestleMania impossible as I, as I set it, as I called it. So, um, and then that morphed into um, Rob's idea for a WrestleMania mixtape, which you'll come to later. Um, but to, to cut to the chase, so I managed one to three in the first week of the challenge. And that was hard going. I thought, oh, God, you know, if I need to average four. Nine hours. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. If I need to average four a week or three a week, I'm going to really struggle here. Anyway, got through this week and I managed WrestleMania's four to seven yeah. and i gotta say it's it, very good it's much easier going when the shows are bearable let's put it that way <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot more interesting on. from here and in. yeah wrestlemania one and two were a slog two and a half hours each and they felt longer than the three and a half hour ones that followed them big time uh, but now we're getting into the sort of era that i really really enjoy so it's more of a more of a a fun task rather than a chore now. Trip down memory lane. Hmm. It was just a yeah. very, very, very long lane with very few streetlights at the start of it. Because <laughs> it's a bit bleak in the, in the first place. In a sort of reverse Stockholm syndrome, I ended up watching a couple this week out of empathy with you. I watched WrestleMania, <laughs> I watched WrestleMania 6, then WrestleMania 4, which doesn't make a lot of sense to anyone other than me. Um, and uh, quite frankly, <laughs> I didn't remember WrestleMania 6 being that terrible. But anyway, we'll get on to that as, uh, as we go. The mixtape. Here's what the mixtape is, guys. And here's where you come in as far as the, uh, the judging panel uh, du jour. Um, what we've done is 
we've decided that uh, we are each going to pick a match from every WrestleMania, me and Paul, that is, um, and only one of them can get into our metaphorical WrestleMania mixtape. And what that is, is if you are taking someone with you to WrestleMania, as you will be, there'll be lots of people with you that aren't wrestling fans, if you could sit them down and they've got several hours to kill, and you can show them 32 matches from the previous 32 WrestleManias, one per show, to explain to them what WrestleMania is about. Now, it doesn't have to be the best match. It doesn't have to be anything other than of imports. And you wouldn't just want to throw out a match that's um, you know decent enough, but eight or nine minutes long and it's with people that are historically insignificant, good match though it may be. You don't have to go with the classics. In fact, I will say that I think I was robbed in terms of my choice for WrestleMania 3, but that's another matter. So last week, um, I actually had a very bad week. Chief Justice Lee, Rob Lee, who we had on the uh, podcast last week, picked all of Paul's choices. And they were... Yes, thank you very much. I have a feeling someone's going to be on my side this week, Paul. Um, Hogan and Mr. T versus Paul Orndorff and Roddy Piper was picked from WrestleMania 1. The British Bulldogs versus the Dream Team uh, from WrestleMania 2. And then Hogan and Andre from 3. Um, I certainly didn't have any qualms with the uh, third one. Although, you know, you know, Savage and uh, Steamboat cruelly left off of this list. Anyway, we're going to go into WrestleManias 4 through to 7 now. Because they're the ones that Paul's watched... Uh, this week, and we're going to take turns in picking. So, Jane, Cat, are you up for? You need you need to form a unit. You need to get used to being as one. Okay, so you, you can confer, but you need to come <laughs> to a common. Uh, a common. You should be thinking as one by now. So, you, I expect there to be no conflict between you two. Okay. I, I think we'll be good. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. So, I get to go first, don't I, Paul? I think it's my turn. Is it? I'm on the even numbers. That's right, mate. Yep, even numbers. You get first pick. Right. So, I think. I'm going to have to, it's a tricky one, because WrestleMania 4, if everyone recalls, is, was the tournament. So it was the, uh, the the belt had been held up, or the title, I should say, it had been held up, uh, and there was a tournament that night uh, to determine the new winner. And I think I'm going to have to go with the winner overall. I think the, uh, the final match of the night, the 16th match, would you believe, uh, on WrestleMania 4, uh, Randy Savage versus Ted DiBiase. Um, which ultimately Savage won, and we had the celebration with uh, Miss Elizabeth and with Hulk Hogan, and it was a kind of mini passing of the torch. But also there was a bit of a setup um, going on to the uh, the following year's um, WrestleMania. I think I even recall that um, Hogan at one point celebrated with Elizabeth, and you could see Savage having a little look over and uh, not being too happy about their celebration. So if I recall, and it was the start of a sort of a year-long build. So I'm going to go. It's a quite an easy pick for me, I think. I might have put you in a bit of trouble here, Paul, but I'm going with Savage DBRC main event, WrestleMania 4. What are you coming back with? Okay, mate. Well, first of all, obviously a great pick, good match, good moment, uh, main event of the show. But probably if I had a pick first, it wouldn't have been the one that I'd have gone for. Okay. Primarily because um, obviously there was no build to it. Being a tournament, it's a little bit sketchy. You can't quite have that emotional investment as you might do a, a true main event in inverted commas. Um, and the thing I don't like about that match is it very quickly became the Hulk Hogan show, which things tended to back then. It was not really what I liked. What I would pick from WrestleMania 4, I'd go the exact opposite end of the uh, card to you and pick the first match of the night. Um, The Battle Royal for the random WrestleMania gigantic trophy. Um, Not for its match quality, far from it. Some of the participants were frankly god-awful. I'd be picking this for the historical significance. You know, the WrestleMania, to me, you could say a lot of it from WrestleMania sort of five, six onwards is the Bret Hart story. It's the story of a man who you see growing in confidence and growing in stature and growing in popularity every single year, all the way up to WrestleMania 10, where he's crowned with his second world title, but the first one that he wins on TV and on pay-per-view, where he truly becomes the man. 
And then you can go past that and eventually we get to WrestleMania 13 where he does the double turn with Austin and that is really the start of Bret Hart's downfall. I'm picking this match because WrestleMania 4 was actually, um, the finale to that was where Bad News Brown double-crossed the then-heel Bret Hart and threw him out of the ring, which led to the Bret Hart face turn. So me, the historical significance of that is massive because it was the moment that set off the Bret Hart story, the spine of WrestleMania in the Hogan uh, beyond the Hogan years that carried the WWE through uh, through those barren uh, months and years. So yep, WrestleMania four opening match battle royal is my pick. Okay, you're wrong, but I'll tell you why you're why you're wrong after Jay and Cat tell you you're wrong. Okay, so uh, on you go, chaps. What uh, do you? Uh... Jay, Jay is smiling. <laughs> it feels like he's got you. He's, I can actually hear his brain whirring at the moment whilst he's I taking can feel in. Feel it. It's really <laughs> First, I thought Paul, you're only meant to go a minute. I know, but Rob did the first one over a minute last time, so I thought I'd take a liberty on that. That's, that's, that's true. I think we said 90 seconds, but yeah, it was still way long. Both really, really compelling arguments, both sort of arguably as important as each other to a degree. Um, I'm more tempted with the Savage DiBiase match. I'm thinking of it more as um, if you're an outsider looking in, it's a mixtape, you're showing it to someone who has never or, or has very little wrestling knowledge the the kind of the the Paul's match you've got kind of everyone in the kitchen sink good and bad mm. thrown in so is that going to give people the best um representation of wrestling yes you get that kind of range of crazy characters and and wacky people but i think if you want in terms of match quality and Randy Savage is the epitome of WWE at that time. I think in terms of the payoff as well, you're going to get it a lot quicker with the, the Savage match. You the like Rob said about planting seeds with, yeah. with Hogan for, for later on. Um, I think are we in agreement? I would say. I mean, I think I think especially when it leads into Hulk Hogan and, and uh, Miss Elizabeth, that tension. I think it's it's got that element of drama to it, which I like. Which I think that would make a good a good mixtape edition. Settled. Yes. Done. Agreed. So, oh, I'm on the board. Hurrah. Oh, we've broke the streak. Excellent. Whoa. I, I feel like in WrestleMania 4 style, I need Vanna White to come on and put something on a big uh, a big board in the background, in the backstage area, with Mean Jean fawning over her. Um, <laughs> so, hurrah. I'll tell you why I um, would be even more annoyed if Paula had won that one, is that for a previous WrestleMania, WrestleMania 2, I think, I chose... Uh, as my pick, the uh, battle royal between the WWF wrestlers and NFL uh, footballers mm-hmm. that uh, Andre won. And the Andre, I thought that set up the, the Andre battle royal these days. But I'm fairly certain Brett was the runner-up in that one as well. So I uh, feel vindicated that uh, you didn't choose this secondary Brett Hart well, it's runner-up. it's not all about a big trophy, is it? So. No, and if it is about a big trophy, what happens to it? It gets smashed up. <laughs> that's, what, that's what always happens. Right, we're on to WrestleMania five. Uh, and it is your choice first, Paul Benson. Okay, well, before I go into my spiel about what I think is WrestleMania, I do want to comment slightly on on this WrestleMania and say to me, this was the first WrestleMania that really felt like, like you know, WrestleMania 3 was a spectacle. It was the thing that put this on the map. But WrestleMania 5, to me, was where it really started hitting its groove in terms of important matches up and down the card, um, some big moments all the way through, and, and, and real progression from year to year. It felt, rather than being an isolated dream card, this is the year it felt like 
okay, WrestleMania, the culmination of the year, the end of season finale, if you will. Um, and I think it's again, it played a really important part in um, in shaping WrestleManias um, going forward. And it was a damn good card. It was a really good card, I think. From top to bottom, there was so much good stuff on there. Um, the ultimate variety show, really. There was a lot for every type of wrestling fan on the night. Um you, you know, all the way through from the main event to tag team matches, some technical matches. Uh, Roddy Piper doing his thing um, with Morton Downey Jr., whoever that guy is. Um, but um, digressing slightly, my pick. Now, I'm going to go off bit off piece here because, frankly, I'm, I'm a bit sick of picking the main events for every, for every card. And I can totally see the merits of this one. But I'm going to go a little bit off kilter here. And I'm going to go with Ravishing Rick Rude against the Ultimate Warrior um, for the Intercontinental title. Um, my reason's really been really simple. Um, for one, classic hated heel versus good guy baby face um, who, you know, was unstoppable to that point. Um, really decent match throughout it. And also really a soft spot um, I've always had is for Bobby Heenan, hands down the best manager of all time, quite possibly the best color commentator. And a little known fact is that this title win was Bobby Heenan's first gold as a manager in WWF, WWE. Um, so for that reason, uh, and as well as the quality of the match and the placement on the card, I am picking Rude against Warrior for the IC title. Oh, you see, I think you've got me—you've got me worried with that last little stat. Is that true? That was—that was Heenan's first gold. So, so I'm told. Yes. Wow. Research that. Make sure that's true. And by the way, everyone listening, here's a little bonus for you. If you're listening and you come along to the uh, Hooked on Re- famous Hooked on Wrestling parties all around the country, which we will tell you more details about later in the podcast, we might stick that in the quiz. So you might get a little extra bonus if, uh, if you've been listening. And if it's not true, then we will, uh, we'll do a little rectify in future podcasts. Anyway, uh, my choice, <laughs> I am going to choose the main event um, for this one. And I agree with you, actually, Paul. I don't think this should be a main event after main event mixtape. But the reason you've got to do this one is because I'm even more strengthened by the fact that uh, my choice for the main event last time got in because to me that's the first point in that story so therefore you have to tell the end of it you tell the start which is savage winning and then by showing the uh, uh on this mixtape i would intend to have the uh, the little uh, the package that's put together beforehand indicating exactly how the mega powers exploded um and then it shows you um, Hogan finally getting the win and getting his title back by beating Savage in the main event. So to me, you tell the first bit of the story on WrestleMania 4 and then you tell the denouement on WrestleMania 5. So I am choosing, again, not for necessarily for match quality, although it's okay. It's not amazing, but it's okay. Made so really by Savage. Um, and I'm aware it puts him in, uh, in, in a, you know, another, another strong position um, being in the uh, WrestleMania mixtape. And I'm aware that it's the third consecutive match that I've picked of his uh, to try and go in. But I think he deserves it and it needs to tell the, uh, the full story. So I'm picking Hogan v Savage. A bit of uh, favouritism from you here, Rob, um, I'm detecting. Uh, I don't think I'm picking him again. I think that might be. Uh, I think that might be the last one. I think uh, someone else might pick him for a future WrestleMania one. But uh, uh, for now, uh, I think he deserves it. I think those two batches back to back, particularly if he's missing out on number three. But I don't want to sway you guys, except I do. <laughs> hint, hint. Both, both good, um, very good reasons again, really, aren't they? I'll, Rob, I like, I like the kind of beginning to end of yours, but part of me is thinking you need the middle bit to kind of carry it. Carry it on, you know, carry it forward. If you oh, this isn't the Saturday night main event mixtape. This is WrestleMania. I can only work <laughs> with what I've got. But you'll, 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 you'll show the journey is an important part. So if you miss that, you have effectively just got two matches. And I do think that match quality does have something 
you know, does have to add to that. But going on with uh, with Paul, um, I think that was the first. Is that the first time Warrior had effectively been pinned in the WWF? I think that was I the first time. I believe ever... so. Yes. So for that that to a wrestling fan is is you know for a character like you know almost a godlike character that they wanted to make Warrior. I think that's a very important moment in in wrestling history um what do you think um, <clears throat> excuse me yeah I'm, I'm pretty much with you on that one as well um again both great arguments i would think that as a one-off addition to a mixtape i would be more inclined to agree with mr benson on this one sorry rob I can take that I can take that one mainly for the Heenan factor and the more I think about it I'm certainly not going to um, put my head on any sort of chopping block here but how many times did Warrior get pinned at all in WWF particularly in his first run I can't remember Um, any other one off the top of my head by Slaughter at Royal Rumble 91 yeah 10 points Um, but no I I can't think of any other than that actually not but in sure terms that... of like reaction from fans and 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 in in terms of what it meant for for his character and what and and them allowing Rick Rude to pin him, I think yeah you've got you've got to factor that in. And just to just to square the circle, I'm just on um, prowrestling.wikia.com and I'll just quickly read out the uh, Bobby Heenan paragraph. After being derided by announcers for his first five years in the WWF, mostly by Gorilla Monsoon, for never managing a champion, WrestleMania V was promoted as Heenan's quest and best chance since WrestleMania III to manage a champion. Heenan finally managed his first champion in the WWF when rubbishing Rick Rude upset the Ultimate Warrior for the Intercontinental title. Uh, yeah, very good then. Yeah. Yeah. A worthy winner then. Yes, begrudgingly, I'll, uh, I will admit that's true. Although, citing truth in anything that's got the word wiki in it um <laughs> you you should know better but um yeah i think i think it's probably true in this case right we'll, we'll move on to wrestlemania 6 um which is another one that uh, that i did listen to uh, so i did watch this week um mainly it has to be said because uh, um i've been listening to um bruce pritchard's excellent uh, podcast uh, something to wrestle with with bruce pritchard um and they were talking about wrestlemania 6 so i wanted to uh, remind myself before uh, before hearing their podcast um and watching it i remembered what a very poor WrestleMania it was, in my opinion, uh, and with a vastly overrated main event. It's always talked, talked about what a, you know, the best match of Warrior's career. Well, that might be true, but it's not, it's not having much to aim at, even if he did just uh, get into the, the mixtape on the last one. I think this is a rotten WrestleMania full of bad matches and a terrible main event, although I will, I will admit that it is historically significant and um, we are not necessarily going completely on match quality, although it does have to factor in somewhat. Um, I think emotion is a bigger part of what we're picking. And uh, I am going to go, and also part of the story as well. So I'm going to choose, and it's a tricky one because I don't think it's a sensational undercard. Um, Particularly, I want to point out that uh, the idea that, uh, I I think this was the end of Mr. Perfect's unbeaten streak, losing to Brutus Beefcake, which is a rather undignified way of losing that streak. But I am going to go with what was actually only the the second match on the card, um, but it was Demolition versus the Colossal Connection, um, with Demolition winning the titles from Andre and Haku, and then importantly, Andre turning on Bobby Heenan, or t- Bobby Heenan getting in Andre's face, and Andre finally having enough of him, putting him on his backside. Andre would be around for the next couple of years in various different roles as uh, seconds for people, but it was his last official match, and for a, a legend like Andre, 
um, whatever you think of the quality of his matches or whatever the um, off on the road stories about him in terms of a wrestling icon he's absolutely up there um, and so I think Andre's last match fits into this tape so I am going to go for Demolition who themselves are very good um, and uh, lovely fellas who we had at the, uh, the London Wrestling Convention a couple of years ago um, but I'm going to go for Demolition versus Colossal Connection as my choice WrestleMania 6 interesting okay now, I'll tell you how I feel now. I feel like you and I are having a game of snooker and you have just gone for an incredibly difficult slot, uh, shot, completely spooned it and left me with an easy tap in with a red into the pocket. Um, because obviously I'm going to go and pick my second Ultimate Warrior match in a row uh, and I'm going to go with Ultimate Warrior against um, Hulk Hogan in the main event at WrestleMania 6. i barely feel like I need to explain this one other than it's the two biggest baby faces of the late 80s, early 90s clashing in the main event of the biggest, uh, sorry, the second biggest WrestleMania audience up to that point and the biggest grossing gate um, with the massively significant passing of the torch from Hogan to Warrior as champion. Um, it was a very good match, very well rehearsed by both guys, but really, really had that emotion that we talk about. I don't, I don't need to go on. Um, I think rest, you know, I, I think this one's a, a gimme for me, actually, guys. I'm going to say very quickly before the judgment is made. I know I shouldn't be doing this, but it's listen, it's my podcast. Um, I'm going to say that I don't think Warrior is historically significant as a champion uh, in the context of WrestleMania. I think the very the next year we're back to Hogan again, and in WrestleMania eight, there's Hogan involved, and before that, Hogan's involved. I think. I don't think Warrior is that much more significant as a champion or as a championship contender than, say, King Kong Bundy. Because um, business went down, there isn't the interest, um, he lost it before the following match, but he doesn't, it's, it's, it's not a WrestleMania story, you don't need to know that Warrior was champion, that's what I'm going to say about that. But I think I'm losing this battle, but I'm just going to have a little... <laughs> I'm going to have a, a last-ditch effort anyway. I, I like that you're going down fighting, Rob. Um, <laughs> to be honest, I, I agree with your point um, on, on Warrior. Um, and I think in in the context of a mixtape, if the idea is to show this to somebody who uh, isn't familiar with wrestling, this is a long match for that time. Uh, I remember being a kid, one of the first tapes I had was a Hulkamania tape, and this match was on it, and I remember sitting there, and whilst I was into that, I did find it was quite long, but for me, two biggest names, two biggest titles. Yeah, I think if you ask anybody, outside and inside, if you, if you could like write a list of wrestlers you've heard of or you know, those two names are going to be right up there, you know, it's ask anybody about I mean I know Demolition I mean Andre the Giant again are, 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 are huge characters you've already got um, you've already got Andre in one of his like his most famous match haven't you earlier in the mixtape yeah I don't know whether you want to see someone in the twilight years but then again there's there's matches later on in Wrestlemania's you may pick which I would probably put up there people in their last match mm. so. I, th- I think Hogan against Warrior I'm sorry if there's you can hear us snorting. It's our pug is um, currently snoring near the microphone, so we're just oh, trying so you, to. Is it Alex Porto? If anyone gets that, touche, well played. Alex um, uh, niche 1995-96 reference there of Alex Porto. Here we go. Quick wrestling trivia question since we, since it's come to me. Uh, Alex Porto's entrance music was shared with which other tag team in WWF? 
Gosh. Furnace and Lafon. Nope. It was some, someone had had this as a team. It was a very, very... Rec- if I played the music now, you'd go, ah, oh, that's their music. But it was also used for Alex Porto. I couldn't say. I really could no. not. I really nope. could not. That's, that's, that's too, uh, too niche. Okay. He's there. Uh, play the music. And we isn't, isn't he on uh, 205 Live? Too niche? I think he's a Premier Athlete too niche. That's a Tony Nice joke, which we'll let pass. But um, the uh, the answer, I'll give you a bit more of a clue to the answer, is I'm fairly certain it's the University of Michigan fight song. How about that? Ah, the Steiner Brothers. Yeah, it's the Steiners. That's what their music was. It was the University of Michigan fight song. And then Porto went to the same uh, same university, and that's where he got his music. There you go. Interesting. So just, just nice distraction technique there, Rob. But just to confirm, that's another one for me. It yeah, is. yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of figured everyone switched off by now, so uh, they, they'll never know. But just in case they haven't, uh, we will go on to our final WrestleMania for uh, for this particular edition. Paul is going to have to cram in another three or four, or even five, uh, over the next week or so, which is going to be a hell of a challenge, um, the ultimate challenge, if you will. Um, but we're going on to WrestleMania seven, uh, and it's uh, you to pick first, my friend. Well, um, interesting you use the term Ultimate Challenge because purely by happenstance, I'm about to pick my third Ultimate Warrior match in a row. Um, Korea versus Korea, Ultimate Warrior against the Macho King, Randy Savage. Hands down, the greatest WrestleMania moment of all time um, in the context of where you were as a, in terms of um, your age at that point. Brilliant, brilliant match. Great feud. High stakes, absolutely huge tension. And then at the end, you get the moment with Savage and Elizabeth reuniting. Genuine tears in my eyes when I watched it today. My eyes were all moist and I just couldn't stop beaming from ear to ear. And it's very, very rare that wrestling does that to me. Um, I think it's great that I want to finally pick a Randy Savage matches. I do think I've, although I've not picked with him much, I think he is the standout in-ring performer of the first seven WrestleManias. So it's only fitting he goes in here with the ultimate carry job because let's face it, Warriors no, you know, he's no Kurt Angle in the ring. Bringing him to a match like that takes some huge, huge skill. Even the little touches about how Warrior walked to the ring rather than charge down to sell the significance of this huge, huge WrestleMania match. It's an absolute no-brainer for me. Career versus career, Macho King against Ultimate Warrior. Rob? Ooh, that's a tough one. And added to that, we were just talking about the genius of Bobby Heenan just now, and you're right, that was a Heenan call to say, look, he's not running, he normally comes charging down. Although Heenan did do one of the uh, the most amazing things at that WrestleMania, was he spotted Miss Elizabeth, sat three rows back, round a corner, with a ring in the way. So, <laughs> extraordinary eyesight from uh, from Bobby there, may have been pointed out in his headset. Um, it, it is, a, uh, I don't think it's a great match, it's an okay match. Um, it, I, I really, really hate... Stories, uh, stories that take you out of the moment in the sense that what's the point of Savage having a finisher if he hits it four times and then Warrior just no-sells it and gets up? I hated those matches when I was a kid. I still hate them. I cannot stick no-selling finishes for no apparent reason. I, I know, I'm perfectly aware that Hogan was the most successful wrestler in the world, maybe still is, for the last 30-odd years and did that as a, as a career. So I'm aware that it doesn't necessarily preclude you from drawing money, but I've never liked it. Although I absolutely agree with you in terms of the uh, the moment afterwards. Um, wrestling can do that to you, and it sounds sappy, um, but that really is a beautiful moment. I think it's even more heartrending now that you know that neither of, us have, neither of them are with us anymore, particularly horrible circumstances around um, how Elizabeth died 
Um, so I do think there's a there, that, that's a different sort of context, but I certainly wouldn't disagree with that portion of it going in. Um, in terms of Savage and Warrior, I think the match they had at, Wrestle, uh, at SummerSlam 92 was better, even if it was an unsatisfying finish. Um, I think it's a better match. But um, anyway, it doesn't matter. On to my choice, which is a nice little short one, which will uh, we'll pop in um, on the mixtape just for uh, four minutes or so. And it's again, it's not match quality. It's all about telling stories, which is what Vince is all about, it's what WrestleMania is all about. At some point, there's going to be Undertaker matches later down the line. Let's say 25, WrestleMania 25. Um, I think we can decide that one now. Whoever the judges, if they don't pick Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels, they're a fool. But um, you need to tell the start of the Undertaker story, because let's face it, we ain't going to be picking many Giant Gonzalez, King Kong, Bundy classics um, as the WrestleMania mixtape wanders on. Uh, so we need to go in with the first Undertaker WrestleMania match that started the streak, that ended some 20-odd years later. So it's not a classic. It's, I, it's, I understand it's not necessarily all about match quality. So we go with The Undertaker versus Jimmy Snooker. And Snooker was a big deal. Let's, let's not forget that uh, maybe not around about this time, he'd had his glory days, but Snooker was still a big deal. And Undertaker just boshes him aside. It's the first in the many, many... Um, Wins for him on the on the WrestleMania streak. So I'm going with Undertaker versus Jimmy Snooker. Thank you, Rob. I think, <laughs> do you know... We, I thought it was a chant then. <laughs> you've given it away already. <laughs> I know. I, this, we were actually discussing this um, some time ago when we were saying with that particular WrestleMania, you have both picked the two matches that we would have said were the most significant, obviously, on, on that card that night. The Miss Elizabeth and the Randy Savage, the retirement, the end of an era. We kind of said when we discussed it, we said it was it was more about the moment after the match than the match itself, which doesn't necessarily take anything away from that as a whole. But if you're looking at things for, for matches only, it's what happens after and the kind of the emotional part of it rather than what, what goes on in the ring. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. Um... Again, completely agree. This is the sort of whole thinking as one thing. Um, I would go so far as to say the 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 beginning of the streak is is really really important. But if we're if we're remaining consistent, whereas earlier on we put in the start of the mega powers mm. breaking up, but then we didn't put the the end of it in because we didn't get that bit in the middle. Realistically speaking, we'd have to put in every Undertaker match right up until WrestleMania 30. Be that as it may, I still think the start of the streak is more significant than the Ultimate Warrior match and Randy Savage match. So for me, it is the single greatest WrestleMania accomplishment that any any wrestler has ever achieved. There's only one person that holds a streak like a streak of that that volume. So to honour that by putting his first WrestleMania mo- like first WrestleMania victory in, then absolutely, I yeah. think that has to be that has to go in there for its historical. Yeah. yeah, I would say Rob, you've done well. You've got another feather in the cap. Um, Undertaker, isn't it? Yeah. Another feather in my wide-brimmed Undertaker-style cap. I'm You'll going soon to look uh... like the Godfather. Um, okay. <laughs> Interesting. Romance is dead. 
<laughs> I assume I'm on you too. When you say I'm going to look like the Godfather, I assume you mean Marlon Brando in uh, in, in that comparison. Um, <laughs> yes, victory to me. Oh, commiserations on that one, Paul, because I do think that's a, that is a tricky one. It does bring to my mind is that perhaps when we have done this, it might have to be a post WrestleMania thing. But uh, I'm sensing DVD extra top 10 or top 15 or something WrestleMania moments that aren't matches. Yes. I think we'll have to have that conversation. And I think that uh, Savage and uh, Elizabeth would have to go on that one as being a, a moment that is outside of the, uh, the bell-to-bell action. What do you think, Paul? Yeah, that sounds like a plan, mate. I'm looking forward to that already. Excellent. Well, then... Um, um, Jay and Kat, thank you so much for um, uh, being the judges. Not not just saying that because I got a couple on the board there, although I still am 5-2 down. Actually, what's more important is the tape is looking really good. So we've added another four uh, onto it uh, today. Next time, we'll take it from WrestleMania 8 onwards. And for all you know, listen, for all you know, we might choose every Undertaker match. You don't know. It's out of your jurisdiction now. So I'm already looking forward to voting for um, Undertaker versus A-Train and the Big Show. <laughs> from whatever WrestleMania that was with the, uh, the run-in of the great future Hall of Famer, Nathan Jones. Um, <laughs> that's one to look forward to. Uh, listen, thank you so much again for, um, uh, for coming on the show, for being judges, but mainly, um, Paul and I, from, this, is not a, this is something you do on a podcast show. We mean this genuinely as, as friends. Have a wonderful, wonderful time at WrestleMania. Good luck on everything. And um, I certainly, speaking personally, I'm going to do my utmost to be at the... Uh, at the, uh, the the do you're having back here in England, it is going to be work dependent. I, I have a, you know you know you know how my life works in terms of around football. Um, but if uh, if I'm able to get uh, the moment um, to come and do it, I definitely will. So uh, we'd love that. I'm, and I'm sure Paul will uh, echo my sentiments. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Best of luck. We kind of couldn't happen to a nicer couple. We're both really excited for you. Want to see all the pictures? And our, our, me and Sally will definitely be there in uh, the few weeks after you Yay! get married for sure. Thank you okay. for the invite. Love Are you so you? You should have said that at the start. Then you'd have got all four picks, wouldn't you? Whether you said that, <laughs> you said that at the end. Put in the foot now. I think there's really only one way we can um, uh, we can sort of end this segment, as it were. Given, that especially since we were talking about what Paul has missed out on in WrestleMania Seven. Oh, there's a tear in my eye. <laughs> we're back on Ric Flair again. It's a long intro, isn't it? It's a long aisle. <laughs> Are you going to play this? Is this going to be at the wedding at some point? Down the aisle, absolutely. Has to be. Has yeah. to be. Oh, that would be so fantastic. Uh, is um, is wrestling memes coming to your wedding? He should get his little camera out. He filmed our um costume contest at the uh, the London Hooked on Wrestling party. I can just see him putting all sorts of uh, nice little additions to uh to this video as you two walk down. Now I'm not going to just play the whole of this because it's interminable. Yes. But <laughs> wrestling memes is my best man, so he will absolutely get the wedding. That is, wow. his, that is his actual name, everyone. If anyone was wondering about uh, what he's really called, he is he is wrestling memes. Just like Warrior was called Warrior Warrior, yep. he is called wrestling memes. memes. I call him Memesy. It's uh, much easier. It's Mister Memes. Mister Memes. That, that, that's it. That's when he turns heel. Because yes. heels don't get full names; they just become their surnames or something like that. Anyway, we are rambling again away from the point, so. Uh, that song can be quiet because it's annoying. Um, but uh, thank you so much, guys. Have great fun. Listen. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you for having us. Um, would you uh, Would you come back on just after WrestleMania? We'd love to speak to you afterwards, and so you can not only tell us how the big day went, but also the wedding. And if And if Rick Flair turns up. If Rick turns up, when Rick turns up. <laughs> yeah, we'd love to. But it's It's been great to chat to you guys and catch up again. I mean, we need to do it more often, really. I think so. We will let you know how we get on. 
Fantastic. Thank you, guys. We'll, uh, we'll speak to you very soon. Yeah. Cheers, Thanks a lot. Cheers, guys. Yeah. Bye. Uh, Paul, that was nice, wasn't it? We said at the start of the show, love was in the air. It really, uh, I really enjoyed talking to Jay and Kat. I hope they have a great time. Oh, they're such a lovely couple. And, you know, really, you know, I've, we've known them both separately before they became a couple. So it's such nice, a nice sight to see them getting together and i still don't believe them i still think that wrestling's gonna have a re- i still think they're gonna have a wrestling theme wedding i still think they're gonna have um fireworks i think they're gonna have a titantron i think they go for the lot i think it's a big surprise all that money they're talking about spending i think that's where it's going did you ever see that video that was doing around on youtube a few years ago but with harold finkel doing all the uh yes, yes. so you can't do that anymore because it's not original but uh Something on those lines would be uh, would be great fun. Um, so uh, thank you to Jane Cat for being this week's judges. Um, we will have to uh, to line someone up for next week when we move on to uh, WrestleMania. What are you going to try and do? WrestleMania's eight through eleven next week. Well, I'm on holiday from Saturday. Wait, where are you um, going? Where are you going? Going to Lanzarote. Oh yeah, it's lovely. They've got Wi-Fi. Yeah, they have. So we'll be mm. fine. We're fine. They've got Wi-Fi, but I've also got Wi-Fi. Trying to trying to stop me watching these WrestleMania, which I think is absolutely fair enough. But I'm going to sneak a few in before I go, um, and I'm going to try and get. I'm going to try and do eight through ten this this uh, this week. Okay. I mean, it's um, okay. But just you, you realise that that's ten in three weeks. It means that you've got say twenty-two to do in the last four or five weeks. I'm well aware. I am well aware. It's going to be tough. I think you need. To, do you know? Do you know what? I don't. I don't mean it in a nasty way because you're you're a very dear friend to me. But what you need is a severe illness, <laughs> <laughs> so, so you can lie in bed all day watching WrestleManias. But Thanks, uh, Rob. or Thanks. to get or to get fired. Thanks um, for the curse. I appreciate one, that. one of the two. Probably should have said fired first. Um, anyway, <laughs> let's talk about what you did. What? Oh, in fact, no, no, let's not. Actually, let's talk about this year's WrestleMania, um, specifically about how people can watch it. Um, because we talked in um, uh, in some broad strokes while we were talking to Jay and Cat about uh, this year's WrestleMania hooked on parties. We mentioned the quiz. We mentioned uh, various other things. What we didn't mention, um, which we should, we should have said to him. I can't believe I've only just uh, thought. I should have said to him is that. Do you remember Jay coming to one of our events when we didn't know him all that well coming in costume do you remember that well you actually yeah. came in costume several times but one stood out i didn't know him at all i'd um i didn't i'd never met the guy until he came as chris jericho light up jacket and all i think it was maybe our first or our second party we did at belushi's i think it was the second one because i think he came to the first one as brett i think he did the full right okay full regalia for that one but yeah no i knew him i'd, I'd known him mainly for, it's, a, it's a kind of a twitter thing isn't it? you meet people once and then you stay in touch on twitter i think i knew him via social media but uh yeah jay is his name and yeah it was the the y2jay as it were with the uh the full light up jacket which he made and it was that so that was uh very amazing impressive. amazing jacket that you know really well done how he didn't electrocute himself um three love- years in i have no idea <laughs> yeah indeed um if you guys are interested in coming in costume to the wrestlemania parties that we are holding all over the country which paul is going to tell you about in just a few moments you can it is not essential uh it is encouraged um, and it's not, even, it's not even encouraged. You are open to coming in fancy dress. Most people, what most people tend to do, let's face it, is go as if they're going to the wrestling. So a lot of people, it's jeans and a wrestling shirt, and that's a pretty uh, pretty good outfit. Um, we go a bit step further than that, don't we? We go smart jeans, wrestling shirt, blazer. That's the uh, the hooked-on uniform, as it were. Um, but you are welcome to come in, uh, in whatever you wish, within reason. Um, but we, uh, we would love to see you guys come as some of uh, the various wild and wacky characters that there have been in wrestling throughout history. And we have 
competitions at each of our venues for the best fancy dress. And what we do with that is it's got several layers to it. It's not just how you're dressed, it's how you act and or how you embody the character. And we try and encourage um, that it's not necessarily about, because we ask audiences to get involved in, in terms of who's the best. And you don't necessarily have to pick your favorite wrestler, but you need to go with someone that uh, you think is a good costume and has embodied the character. So get thinking, because WrestleMania is a few weeks away. Start preparing. Try and be original, but most importantly, get in the spirit. It's not all about winning the prizes. It's about coming along, having great fun. That is the name of the game. We always tell you it's wrestling. Enjoy it. And it's hooked on wrestling. Enjoy the parties. Paul, we are doing eight. You are a maniac as a promoter trying to do eight, but you uh, you are doing a fine job so far because you showed me some of the numbers this week. And uh, we are selling like, well, I won't say hotcakes, but they're pretty damn warm. And I've got to have some gloves on to handle them. Oh, mate, I'm really pleased with how they're selling. You know, um, I think in all the venues that we've done parts in before, they're, they're selling faster than they've ever sold. And I'm not surprised because WrestleMania is obviously the one that everyone comes out for, hardcore fans and casuals alike. You know, for instance, we sold out um, our early bird tickets in London in three weeks. Um, this past Sunday, we, we, we stopped selling and we went to the full price. And the quickest we've ever done it previously is five weeks. So phenomenal response, and that's how many? That's two hundred, is it? The two hundred, yeah, yeah, two hundred um, uh, were sold within the first three weeks. Um, that means we've only got three fifty left in London, and well, not more. We've not got three fifty now. We've got about three hundred left now. I've had another fifty sold since then. So they are selling. You know, the simple fact is these are going to sell out well before the night. Tell um, me that one. So if you came to the uh, yeah. London party for uh, the Royal Rumble. Um, make sure you get on board now. And we should say, because um, we said this before the Rumble Party, we'll say it again now. If you came to WrestleMania last year in London and you thought it was a bit busy, a bit too crammed in, um, a little bit like the Bushwhackers sardines, um, we are we have capped the venue. So um, for the Royal Rumble, we only had 550 in. Um, still very busy, still great atmosphere, but it just gives you a little bit more breathing space. Uh, to get to the bar and to move around and that kind of thing, because even we we recognised we wasn't that we were chasing the money, but it was uh, it was a bit of a mistake on our part to put so many people in for last year's WrestleMania. I'm fairly confident we could do if we needed to in terms of selling the numbers, but we do want to make it a comfort thing because uh, hopefully we'll uh, you'll appreciate that and we'll uh, we'll have you will be able to earn your business once again. And uh, we uh, we love you guys for coming along and supporting these because. We've told the stories ad nauseum on this podcast, but I'll do it very quickly again. This started with five blokes in a flat in North London um, a couple of years. And then having no flat to do it in, we decided to throw it in a bar and 100 people turned up. And we've kept on going from there to the point where literally into well into four figures of different people um, came to six different venues for the Rumble. So thank you so much for supporting us uh, and having a great time. But we are doing eight for Mania. So we are trying to get to as many different points in the country as we can, but within reason. So every single week we get emails from people saying, why aren't you coming to Ipswich? Why aren't you coming to Padstow? Why aren't you coming to Aberdeen? Well, there are certain places we can get to, certain places we can't. It depends on availability, all sorts of things. So if we, we can't come to your, your high street, then uh, I'm sorry about that. But hopefully as many places as we can, we can cater for that you can get to within an hour or two. Um, so, Paul, where are we off to this time? 
we have got well we're, we're going to stick with the six that we've got uh, that we had for the Royal Rumble those six being um, Walkabout Temple in London and then Shooter Sports Bars in Cardiff Birmingham Manchester Leeds and Liverpool the two that we're adding uh, to the roster for the first time we're going to be back in uh, Walkabout in Brighton so down on the south coast really pleased to be back there we had a couple there previously that didn't work out um, wasn't really the most cooperative team in there at the time which scuppered our efforts but that's all changed now and we're really really excited to be going back and then we are also going to be doing Nottingham at Shooters Sports Bar there the Shooters there opens on the 18th of March for anyone that knows Nottingham it's in the same building as the old walkabout was in um, one I sunk far too many pints in when I was a student um, they're opening on the 18th of next month and we are going to be the first really truly big event um, in the venue on the 2nd of April so chuffed about that as well Excellent noise. That's me opening one for the working man in the background there. Indeed. And we've also got a couple of, and I don't know if anybody's been following us on Facebook, um, you'll see we've, we've got a few different hosts in this time. You know, the guys, Rob included, that we use in all the venues at the minute do a brilliant job. We've got Rob, um, like I say, down in London. We've got Danny Hope um, up in Manchester who runs our parties there. Um, we've got a couple of interesting names in this time in Cardiff. Um, the anarchist Doug Williams, former Ring of Honor champion, former TNA champion, he is going to be making his um, hooked on debut. Um, looking after our Cardiff party, we think he's going to make a phenomenal host. And then recently announced, I think we announced it on Monday. Um, in Birmingham, we are absolutely honoured to be welcoming Dave Mastiff um, as our host with the most impressive beard so far. We're Please as punch that Dave's agreed to do it with us. He's been on my list for a little while um, uh, and he's up for it and he's going to be looking after you guys in Birmingham. Fantastic. Anyone, oh, this is not a sweary podcast, by the way, but anyone that can use their um, uh, their nickname, not as the excellence of execution and not as the viper, but as the bastard, um, is all right by me. And uh, I will say the first time I ever had a conversation with Dave, when he was under the name of Dave Morales at the time, uh, my first ever conversation with Dave was about uh, Chaz and Dave. So the, uh, <laughs> the, the the big human hate machine is a big Chaz and Dave fan. Uh, but a lovely guy, don't tell him I said that, um, because, you know, you've all seen what, uh, what a nasty piece of work he is in the ring. But a great wrestler, a great guy, and I'm sure a great host. Um, we're so happy to have him on board. Doug, too, as well, someone I've known for many years, fantastically underrated wrestler. I, I might have told this on the podcast last week, but I'm going to tell it quickly again, which is that AJ Styles won the world title in TNA, and I interviewed him literally minutes after this. It was a bit bound for glory, and it was within it was within an hour, I think, of uh, his match against Sting. He might have already been the champion and retained, actually, I think, but it was within an hour, and I said, who do you most want to defend this against? And he said Doug Williams. He was such a big Doug Williams fan. So the best wrestler in the world right now, AJ Styles, was a huge, huge Doug Williams fan. So that says everything you need to know about, about Doug. Before we move on um, to having a little WrestleMania chat, because I want to find out about, uh, to dig a little bit deeper into some of the main news that you watched on your personal challenge, Paul. Um, Before that, you talked about some announcements in terms of our hosts. I think one of the biggest announcements we've had so far was made this week. If If it's your kind of thing, what we're having going on in, I think, five of our venues is really very exciting, I think. Yeah, yeah, we think so. Um, we have partnered with the biggest games retailer in the UK, Game or Game Digital, um, and in association with those guys and with WWE 2K17, um, five of our venues are going to be hosting official game WWE 2K17 tournaments. Um, first time we've ever done this. First time they've done this to this scale. 
Um, they're going to be bringing a whole bunch of consoles down. There's going to be eight or ten consoles at each venue with flat screen TVs, um, all branded up with the game logo and whatnot. They're bringing their own team down. Um, so it's not, like I said on the Facebook announcement, if anyone's seen it, it's not just the case of sticking a PlayStation in the corner. This is a proper real deal, organized tournament gaming company um, that are going to be coming to these venues and running these um, these tournaments for you guys to enter. And uh, tickets on sale now. Um, priced £5, well, £4 plus booking fee in advance, £5 on the night. Um, if you want to play and you're serious, first thing I'll say is the prizes, we haven't announced them yet, but the prizes are going to be smoking hot. Really, really looking forward to telling you all what they are. We're just putting together a bit of a package at the minute, so we want to make sure we've got everything in place before we, we spread that. Um, and secondly, price, places are going to be limited. We don't quite know how many people yet. We've just we've got to wait till we do a couple of test events in the venue, but they are going to be very limited. So if you really do want to play and you don't want to miss out, get your tickets in advance absolutely um and it's worth pointing out there'll be some people that are listening to this podcast that you found us on itunes or on soundcloud or from uh, from make suggestions and stuff welcome it's great having you along and uh, and listening if you haven't been to these events before um in terms of the things that we did this is not just turn up and watch wrestling on the telly um we have uh we have wrestling themes playing we play a big quiz we had a little extra dimension to the quizzes uh last time which i think we're going to be doing again uh, given the time and we have the fancy dress and and uh, the big entrances that takes 45 minutes of the evening having people come up and uh, doing all their fancy dress there's um there's loads going on beforehand so just adding this game element to it it's just yet another thing um it's almost like our own little wrestlemania access quite frankly it's having all these little extras going on so we're super proud of that um, so what it means is, is that we won't necessarily have the um, the pre-shows on in the venues. We may or we may not, but the point is we are our own pre-show. So you don't need to listen to Booker T talking nonsense on a panel while everyone else filters into a building. You can you can enjoy yourself with us and with having game on board and with having um, uh, DK on board as well. And it's it's, just, it's really ex- exciting to have um, uh, different things going on. And as Paul says, WrestleMania prizes we are we are stepping things up considerably across the venues in terms of prizes that you can win uh, by getting involved in various ways. So uh, thank you all of you for uh, for your support in doing so. Importantly, Paul, uh, you need to very quickly tell them how they can get their tickets right now. Yes, so um, tickets are available, guys, from ringsideworld.co.uk for all our venues. Um, just got to point out at this time that the, um, that the gaming tournaments are additional to the entry fee. Um, so you, if you want to enter both, you can buy either a combined entry and get a tournament entry, or you can just buy the tournament entry if you've already got your general admission ticket. Uh, but yeah, ringsideworld.co.uk, search for Hooked On. Um, if you come into one of our shooters' venues, you can also call the uh, venue direct uh, to book seating, uh, to book tickets. That's shooters on 08455 zero. Um, and just as well, a final thing about the, uh, about the gaming tournament. This time round, we're only going to be doing it at five venues. Um, we're going to be doing them at Manchester, Leeds, Liverpool, Cardiff and Birmingham simply because pure logistics really um, these are brand new for us game are fairly new at doing them on this scale and we just want to make sure we get them absolutely right in these venues where we're comfortable with if all goes according to plan if both sides are as happy as we think we're going to be they will be in every single venue from here on in so don't sweat that excellent stuff and yes the next time we come to you on pay-per-view is going to be uh, it's going to be SummerSlam so um, we 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 try and keep it to the uh, the big ones. And, in, and speaking of big ones, there is no bigger one than WrestleMania itself. And um, 
we've been going back to the origins of Mania and where it came from here on the podcast because, as we mentioned earlier on, Paul hadn't seen the first couple, so we've made him watch that and he's now watching them all in order. You're now into ones that you've watched before. You're familiar with, you know, WrestleMania's four, five, six, and seven that you've watched this week. Um, which one is there? Any one of them that stood out to you as kind of I don't know when the last time you saw them were, but what did did anything jump at you? Because I watched. I told you earlier on in the podcast. I listened to. I watched WrestleMania six. And was kind of was really not very good, I thought. And I'm, sometimes things do date. So I'm not having a pop at WrestleMania six because I'm sure in twenty odd years' time, WrestleMania twenty might not seem as good or, or whatever. But I just really thought it was quite poor. Did any of them stand out to you as being better or worse than you remembered? Um, well, do you know what? I, I agree with you on six. You were telling me that before I watched it, and I'd got really fond memories of six. Although it was a great card, um, really enjoyed it. I remember enjoying it didn't really do it for me um all that much it was a what with all the i think it was about what 13 matches on the show in all something like that Um, but but it was a one-match show everything else was completely missable um so yeah i i'm I'm in agreement there um four and five um they kind of they were kind of where where they were, were what they were um i enjoyed five a hell of a lot more than four i thought five had some good matches some quite unique interesting situations on as well like i loved the uh powers of pain and fuji against demolition i thought that was a nice little twist on a tag team title match uh, the rude warrior ic title match we mentioned earlier and obviously the main event was fabulous but at the four i watched this time round, um seven was my favorite it's one of those manias where you know it's not the best i know it's not the best but it was it was one of those from around about the time just before i started watching wrestling so all those guys that were on screen when i became a wrestling fan they're all front and center at wrestlemania 7 um and it really resonates for me still you know some really really genuinely poor matches and a lot of inconsequential matches on there some squashes and whatnot but um and the main event is is it's crap <laughs> but for all that it, it still gets me smiling and i really really enjoyed watching it again i think what stands out in my mind when i watch an old wrestlemania especially when they show clips of things that are happening um in the build-up was that you had one two three four five maybe pay-per-views per year at various different times in WrestleMania history, the period that we're on, sort of four to seven, you realistically had four shows a year, didn't you? You had the Rumble, you had WrestleMania, you had SummerSlam, and you had Survivor Series. I don't think King of the Ring came along until around about WrestleMania eight or nine, somewhere in between there. After after WrestleMania nine. Yeah, 93, you're right. Um, Well, the King of the Ring was going on, wasn't it? It was was an event, but it wasn't a televised pay-per-view event. Um, So there was only four shows a year where you got to see these kind of lineups. Then there was things like Saturday night's main event and whatever that were sprinkled around uh, different places. But generally speaking, um, you didn't get to see named star versus named star very often. You might get one match a week on WWF Superstars or Wrestling Challenge or you know yeah. whatever the shows were at the time, primetime wrestling, but or All American, whatever it was. You, but you wouldn't necessarily get that on a regular basis. So, although looking at it now, you know, a match like Earthquake versus Greg Valentine. You know, which goes four minutes, and Earthquake wins rather, um, rather easily in almost a literal squash. Um, that just didn't happen very often. Right now, I, I, I think we could do with more of those matches on Raw. I think they could be do with more of those kind of one guy you know against a guy you don't know. That's a fairly consequential. It elevates this guy kind of match. 
but so it's gone almost completely the other way. Whereas all of your TV before was just name star squash, name star squash, and then very occasionally against someone else. So those matches are actually important for characters like Earthquake or the British Bulldog or, or Texas Tornado or whoever else it was that that won at WrestleMania Seven. So the yeah. ones that aren't title matches and aren't grudge matches were quite important in furthering that guy's oh. career. So Bulldog was then in a position to be challenging for an Intercontinental title or something like that because he beat the Wardlord and it made it feel more important. They were big enhancement things. Absolutely right. Um, you know, Earthquake's a great example. When did he join WWF? Was it certainly after the 1990... Uh, hang on, let me think. Well, Earthquake, he's on... He's, after, he's on it, it, he's on certainly on six so yeah it was after the 1990 royal rumble wasn't it i think so i'm i think that wrestlemania may well have been his pay-per-view debut yeah don't don't hold me to that but i think that's true but you go you get very quickly from him being against like you say the hammer valentine uh it was against it was against six was it was it Valentine at six? No, it was Valentine at seven. I don't have it to, on my head of who it was. I don't have it somewhere, but he was in a squash match. A squash match. Was it? Uh, was it Duggan? Might have been Duggan. I was about to say Duggan. Um, may well have been. Uh, yes, it was. It was because Heenan chastised him. Uh, Ventura chastised him for coming down with the American flag in Canada. That's it. Um, That's the one, yeah. Yeah, so it was against... Earthquake was Canadian, of course. <laughs> Canadian Earthquake when he yeah. first came in, that was called. Um, but yeah, from, you know, you very quickly get from that point to him challenging Hogan, uh, SummerSlam 1990, and, and that spotlight at WrestleMania 6 in that time would have played a big part in it because it would have been a lot of people's only exposure to him against the top-level talent. So it did mean something. It was a different world. It's very difficult to compare it to today when you've got, what, nine to 11 hours of content every week to fill. Um, completely different world, completely different product. But yeah, I could see how these things would have made made sense at the time. But looking at them in hindsight, they're not that interesting. But then again, I'm a bit of a hypocrite because you, I loved watching Tito Santana against the Mountie at WrestleMania 7. So, you know, <laughs> go figure. But one thing I did want to submit, while we're on the subject of WrestleMania 6, and I mentioned this to you the other day, but I just want to shout off publicly just to... Uh, just to throw it out there and see if anyone's ever noticed, we were talking about the intro to WrestleMania six, weren't we? Mm-hmm. And I've, well, I've never. I've... This is incredible, by the way. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop Paul before he says this. I won't steal your thunder. I'll let you say it. But Paul called me the other night because we were, we'd watched WrestleMania six and we had a little chat about it. And he says, "Do you realise what happened at the start?" And I, I hadn't. And it is genuinely amazing. I must have watched WrestleMania six. I don't know six or seven times in my life. I've watched other WrestleManias probably more like twenty or twenty-five. I've not seen it loads and loads of times. It's a bit before I started becoming a wrestling fan, so it doesn't resonate with me quite as much. But I cannot believe I've never thought of what you're about to tell everyone. Now, this might be something you're sitting there going, yeah, obviously, but it had never occurred to me, and it had obviously never occurred to you until the other night. Yeah, again, I've seen it multiple times. It's never, ever sort of struck me, and I've never read it online or anything. It might well be out there. I've not looked it up. But we all remember the uh, the opening to WrestleMania 6 with the Vince McMahon voiceover over the over the scrolling um, space. What would you call it? The, the the space scene with the stars and the constellations and whatnot, where we're building up Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan as the biggest forces in the universe. Well, when they're doing this, they actually, if you remember, they start showing constellations and patterns in the stars, um, and at the same time, the voiceover is saying how. Warrior and Hogan are the mightiest in the galaxy, the biggest celestial bodies in the galaxy. Now, the two constellations are shown that are shown directly before the ones that are in the shape of Warrior and Hogan are a scorpion 
and a, and a stallion. Okay, so who do we associate with the scorpion in wrestling? Sting. Uh, the black scorpion. Ah, forgot about him. Forgot Sting. About him. Sting. It's Sting. Who do we associate with the horse, with the stallion? Yeah, young stallions, uh, Paul, Paul Roma and Jim Powers. Was it? Well, that's what I was thinking, but I didn't really think that made much sense. So the next port of call was Ric Flair and the fourth horseman. Um, and as coincidence may or may not have had it, Flair and Sting were due to face off a couple of months later um, in a WCW pay-per-view. Now, that never actually happened because the, uh, Sting got injured. But at the point of WrestleMania 6 being on, that was scheduled to be w, uh, WCW's big uh, pay-per-view event um, of the year. Now, you've got Vince McMahon subtly or not so subtly saying, these guys right here, lesser stars to the Warrior and Hogan, they're the biggest stars in the universe, and Sting and Ric Flair can't hold a candle to them. How I've never noticed that before, I, I have no idea, but there's no way that was a coincidence. That was done on purpose. I would tend to agree with you. It's a, it's a really great spot. I just have this horrible sense of people all over the world listening to this podcast going, podcast going idiots. That was, well, that was in... Dave Meltzer wrote about that in May 1990. <laughs> And now they're just picking up on it. They've clearly read an old, old issue of The Observer. Um, no, we haven't. Um, but that's a hell of a spot. And it's like, it wouldn't surprise If it is, if they did do it on purpose, which they probably did, brilliant. Good for them. Because that's not a horrible, nasty dig. I never liked it when, I mean, I understand why they did it, but I never liked Billionaire Ted. And I never liked um, Bischoff saying, oh, we're not the World Whining Federation. I never liked those pathetic um, shots at one another. I always thought it seemed. Seemed daft. I would, I would always think you can go classy rather than uh, um, going going nasty. But the idea of having, you know, a little back, it's, just, it's plausible deniability. Uh, it's just a coincidence because, well, I know there's this. I'm, I'm not very good with the astronomy slash astrology. The first being real and the second one being nonsense. But the, um, I know there is a Scorpio as a. Not, not too cold, but I know there is a Scorpio that's a, a constellation, so that would presumably be the Scorpion. I don't know what the horse would be. Maybe, I don't know, it'd be like a Sagittarius or something. I don't know what uh, what the constellations are, but um, I would imagine there are there is a horse and a Scorpion, so it's plausible deniability. It just happens to be that they didn't have, you know, I don't know, a ram and a bull, um, which could have been, I don't know, Johnny the Bull Gargano and... Um, Randy the Ram. Johnny the Bull Samboli, I should say. Johnny the Bull Gargano, what am I talking about? Anyway, any other observations that you had from any of those menus that you saw? I know we're kind of freestyling here and going jumping around, but we don't want to do you know, endless um, recaps of four WrestleManias that everyone's well, already seen. The, the only thing I can say is like, you know, if I was to recommend what, you know, obviously they've, they've all got their plus points in terms of historical value and they're all worth watching. I'm, I'm just getting into the point in WrestleMania now where it's my sweet spot. So like I say, WrestleMania 7 really onwards is the bit that where, I, where I absolutely fell in love with wrestling. So to me, those first six, although they had the, they definitely had the high points. For me, I was kind of just getting through them and setting the table for the run that's about to come now. Um, seven, eight, even nine to an extent, which I don't think is the worst WrestleMania ever, contrary to popular opinion. It's down there, but it's got it's got its moments and its kitsch value. Um, through to ten. Now this this is the week I'm I'm really excited about, to be honest. Um, so you'll you'll probably get a lot more out of me next week, Rob, and the weeks going forward because I've got a lot more passion and a lot more sort of stored knowledge for the ones coming than I do for those seven that I've just ploughed through. Well, yes, I think I should be able to um, 
Um, I'll try and watch a few uh, in between. Just as I'm not going to take on the challenge quite like you, but I will watch a watch a few bits in between. But yeah, I don't think I should need to watch these ones all that closely. They're a little bit more ingrained in my brain. You're um, I won't uh, spoil this for everyone listening, but uh, you're a little bit older than me, not very much, only a couple of years. Um, but we basically got into watching wrestling at around about the same time. The first pay-per-view I can remember watching is SummerSlam 91 when I was seven. Snap. And so it's, it's the same pay-per-view for you, even though you're slightly older than me. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, I figure that, uh, you know, there's a, a lot of people that seem to get into it at the same time, particularly in this country, I think. I think there was a, a real surge around about, around about 1990 onwards when it became a bit more accessible on Sky and you know, not, not all that many people had Sky, but enough did, and the word got around. Certainly at my school, I can remember I knew the names and faces and even some moves of some wrestlers before I'd even watched wrestling. We used to play top trumps in the playground. That's how that was my first introduction to WWF was top trumps. We used to play top trumps that had all these wrestlers on, and I could tell you that you know Hulk Hogan had held the title five times or whatever it was because that was you knew if you had the Hogan card you could play five championship reigns or whatever the number was that might not be the right number but um you were able to to throw that down as your card and there were certain other things you know Undertaker one for height and various other things you could play these cards for and so I knew these wrestlers before I first put it on um and then I I saw SummerSlam 91 someone gave me the video and then I had the uh, Sky put into our house um, just before WrestleMania 8. So yeah, WrestleMania 8 is kind of where I properly started, even though SummerSlam 91 was the first show that I saw. Um, so yeah, this is kind of um, peak time. And I think there is a bit of, if you are, um, if you're a fan, at whatever age you get into it, I think those those era that era means a lot to you. Sometimes it's hard for people to put things to one side. I often say this about Warrior. We talked about Warrior in, in the mixtape section, but... Um, I was given a bit of grief on social media for being a bit uncaring when Warrior passed away. And I'm not going to go into those details, but I did think there was a bit of a massaging of history once he passed away. Not about necessarily in terms of his you know, character as a human being, which we'll leave to one side, but in terms of his ability, because he really was terrible. And people hated working with him and he was awful in the ring, but he had an amazing chemistry with the fans, an amazing look and a, a gimmick that worked. And it just that's what got him over, not his ability. And then suddenly he became this great wrestler. And there were lots of people our age saying, oh, I love the Ultimate Warrior. I hate Roman Reigns. And I hate John Cena. And, I hate, and it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't tell me that Warrior was a better wrestler than Reigns. That's nonsense. <laughs> Doubly so for Cena. But I, I don't necessarily blame those people because then it's not Warrior being good that they're fond of. They miss being nine and being able to cheer like Billio when this face-painted Adonis with tassels legging it down to the ring and battering people with great music. That's what they miss. They don't miss the wrestler himself, although well, they probably do to an extent, but they, they miss the carefree abandon of cheering for someone and not caring what someone on the internet felt or not caring what, you know, whether or not he could you know, apply a wrist lock well. You cared about this guy that was your guy. And I think that's what we all miss. And I'm not blaming modern wrestling for that. I'm slightly blaming how freely easy it is to read into too much stuff on, online. But those kids that will have gone to the show on Monday um, in Los Angeles and cheered for Bailey when she came out holding the belt, it means everything to them. And I've been to shows live, and I remember I've never been much of a, a Cena cynic. I've always liked Cena, but um, I remember going to one show in London 
been a bit on the bubble as far as Cena was concerned. And I just looked around the arena and it was while he was doing the, the light green gimmick. We know he changes his colors all the time, but he was light green at the time. And just the whole venue was sprinkled with this light green. And these kids had a shirt and they had the wristbands and they had the headband and a cap and all these kind of things. And when Cena came through the curtain, it was the best moment of their life. And when they are 30 and they're doing their own you know, virtual podcast that you can download via a chip in your ear, then they will be telling you how great John Cena was at WrestleMania 25 or whatever. So it, I think it is all about how you feel at the right time when you can engage in wrestling at that point. So I'm looking forward to talking with you um, about WrestleMania's 8, 9, 10 and so forth, because I think we're going to engage in it as we're going to remember what we were like as kids and it'll be quite fun yeah likewise i'm glossed over these ones slightly and i'll make no apologies for that but yeah i think there'll be a lot more to say um yeah when we come into the next run so it should be fun um we will leave it there for this week um you may be thinking oh i really really want to know what they thought of um naomi giving the title back and what they thought of neville versus jack Gallagher. well we will get to things when we need to but Everyone else in the world does a podcast where all they do is sit and talk about Raw for three hours. Um, and we and three hours of that, or two and a half hours of that, is the moaning about the fact that Raw's three hours. And then it takes them three hours to talk about a three-hour show. Oh, my goodness. So we're not going to try and do that kind of thing. Um, we will, as time gets nearer to WrestleMania, of course, discuss the WrestleMania card, which we could probably sketch out right now, Paul, I think, and work out pretty much exactly what it's going to be. I think the only question mark is kind of over the, uh, the SmackDown title. But we're going to stop there because we have promised not to do modern stuff this week. So uh, in the next couple of weeks... And we will start to come back into uh, having a chat about some up-to-date stuff, particularly as we get nearer to WrestleMania. But that's all the time we have from this week. Paul, any uh, any final words of wisdom before we uh, leave the good people for another week? Yes, do not attempt WrestleMania impossible. Your health and your relationships will suffer. Don't, you've not you've barely started, mate. You've only done seven. <laughs> you're you're not even a quarter of the way through, man. I I'm I'm what like 20% of the way through. I think I'm I, that's a fair old chunk actually. You're a, yeah, you're a shade over 20% of the way through. That is a fair chunk, you're quite right, but it is plenty to go on this WrestleMania impossible your mission should you choose to accept it you have is to get to the end of uh, 32 before we get to 33. We're going to do it and we're going to talk about some more next week. Um we uh, we uh, don't know who's going to be with us next week. We hope it'll be a, a very cool guest and we'll um uh, we'll update you via our social media as we go along in terms of who the guest is going to be. There will be more WrestleMania chat. There will be more um, talk about some any other developments of our WrestleMania parties around the country, which, by the way, you can get tickets for at ringsideworld.co.uk. Just lastly, Paul, uh, our social media, should people want to follow us on Twitter and Facebook? Yeah, thanks, Rob. We're on Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash HO Wrestling. And we're on Twitter at HO underscore Wrestling. Thank you to Jay and to Kat for joining us, the Rick and Wrestling Connection. We wish them all the best at their uh, nuptials, which we are sure will have no run-ins and will last a very, very long time. Um, We will see you again next week. Uh, So from myself, Robert Nickel, and from Paul Benson from Hooked on Wrestling, this is the Hooked on Podcast. And just remember, it's wrestling. Enjoy it. We'll see you next week.